Thanks in large part to the advent of NIL, there's a whole truckload of the best college basketball players in the nation who are returning to school this season. The Field of 68 ranked their top 25 returning players, and the order might surprise you. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, June 17th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so please go ahead and subscribe right now. For those of you watching, it would be great if you would also smash the like button and leave a great comment as you're listening. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your vehicle will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Okay, so we are getting into this top 25 list of Field of 68's top returning players for the college basketball season. Why, why is now the time when lists like that are coming out? Well, uh, you might be aware that June 1st was the deadline for players to pull out of the NBA draft and decide to come back to school, things of that nature. And so here we are just uh, a couple weeks later and uh, people are starting to put out lists like this as we now can start more to, to forecast ahead to next season. We do still have um, a couple... Um, Scholarships open around the country. We're still waiting on several transfers to announce where they are going to uh, wind up in school. Um, but that we have a much more definitive, at least, understanding of who will be in college for the 2022-23 season. So this list that they put out, this top 25 list, is just returning players. There are no freshmen on this list, so if you hear you know, some of the top freshmen in the country left out, it's not because they forgot them or don't think they're good. It's just because it's literally only returning players. However, it's not players necessarily returning to, to their original school. Um, this can and does include transfers on it. It's just that it's players that were in college in the 2021-22 season. Now, here's what I want to do. Before we actually, uh, before I unveil the list to you, which you can go and find, and for those of you watching, um, I'm going to post a, a picture of the list as I talk through it. Um, before I unpack it and talk about my thoughts about the list in full, I actually want to talk first about the Tar Heels that landed on the list. And by the, by the pluralization of Tar Heel, you can tell that there are more than one. I'm guessing you can guess who um, at least uh, one of those are, and probably two, but guess what? There are actually three Tar Heels on this list, and before I tell you who they are, let me go ahead and let you know, no other school has three. In fact, there are only four other schools that have two players on this list, and everybody else has one, and so Carolina has the most returning players on, on Field of 68's list of the top 25 returning players. And so clearly, 
this says a lot about what the nation thinks about these guys that are coming back for the Tar Heels. Um, that it wasn't just some fluke run to the national championship game last season. That these are dudes, and these are some of the best dudes in the nation. So, there are three Tar Heels on the list. I'm going to go from lowest all the way to highest on the list. And this is where things get a little interesting. Maybe it's not what you were expecting. Uh, certainly not what I was expecting with the order of two of these people on the list. So coming in at number 21 is Mr. Caleb Love. You jump up uh, a little bit, about eight spots higher. Number 13 on the list, RJ Davis. Hmm, interesting. And then all the way up at number three is Armando Baycott. Now, as I said, in, in just a few minutes in the next segment, we're going to get into the full list, who's ahead of Mondo, who's in between RJ and Caleb, all that kind of stuff. But in the same way that, that it says a lot to me about what the nation thinks about the Tar Heels, that there are three of them on this list, it's also interesting to me what this ordering says about what the nation and, and some of the national uh, bas college basketball media thinks about Caleb versus RJ. Very, very interesting indeed. Once again, let me remind you, Caleb's coming in 21st on this list. RJ is 13th. Now, they're in the top 25 returning players in the nation. They're on this list, so clearly they're great. But I think if you talk to most people around, they would have said... Yeah, Caleb is better than RJ. Now, maybe talent-wise, maybe NBA prospects-wise, yes, Caleb would trump RJ. But this is returning players returning to college basketball. And so this says, hey, we believe in what RJ brings to the table, what he's doing right now, and what he contributes to the college basketball game more so than we do Caleb. Again, it's by a very slim margin, just eight spots in the top 21 returning players in the nation. And so, you know, hey, I'm, I'm totally splitting hairs here, and I realize that. But to me, why, why do I think that RJ comes in higher than Caleb on this list? I think, first off, it's consistency. Um, Caleb has often been up and down. When he shows up, he shows up. But there are games when, or even halves, when he doesn't show up, and he doesn't show up. RJ has taken the reins of the team. This past season, uh, we came in knowing they were both going to be playing and playing a lot, sharing the backcourt duties. But RJ Davis is the point guard of this team. Make no mistake, it's not Caleb Love. Now, part of that is to allow Caleb to be uh, the scorer that he is. But I think part of what this says is that RJ, in the role of point guard for the Tar Heels, is a more irreplaceable player than would be Caleb Love. Think about it like Kendall Marshall on the 2012 team. There are guys that are absolutely better prospects than him, multiple, in fact, on that team. But we learned it by the very fact that uh, his broken wrist cost the Tar Heels a shot at a national championship, or at least a Final Four that season. You take out Harrison Barnes, say, yeah, they're not going to be nearly as good, but because of Kendall Marshall's playmaking, they still could have beaten Kansas in that Elite Eight, I think. I think the same is true here with RJ, and that's why he's being valued more. 
Um, he is more trusted as a consistent playmaker, a consistent um, make the right decision type player than is Caleb at this point. And it's interesting because Caleb's got size on RJ. He's got, you know, all sorts of things like that. But it's RJ who is the one that is listed and thought of more highly. And at this point, we got two years worth of high-level D1 college basketball data to back that up. Now, we might get into this next season, this 2022-23 season, and with everything they've both done in the offseason, Caleb starts running circles around AJ, RJ. That would be awesome if that's the case. Um, but ultimately, they're both going to be phenomenal players. I think that's what we're getting at. Now, all the way up at the top of the list, Armando, third in the nation in terms of returning players. Um, and, and that says a lot. I mean, clearly, you saw what he did in the ACC this year. Again, I still hold firm. Armando should have been the ACC player of the year. What Alondis Williams did was great, but Armando's clearly the choice. I, I got to believe he's going to be the ACC preseason player of the year and is going to get some nods for um, national preseason player of the year. He'll definitely be on um, preseason All-American teams for sure. Although... Uh, there's going to be a lot of big men, a lot of big men. We're going to unpack that a little more in a little bit as well. But um, all this to say, look at, once again, what the nation believes in the Tar Heels and what they're bringing back. Now, that's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure for RJ, a lot of pressure for Caleb, a lot of pressure for Armando. And obviously, Leaky is the one returning starter that's not on this list. Just, I think part of that is people don't value... Um, what he brings to the table as as should be the case. Um, but if you're asking me, Leaky should absolutely find a spot on this list um, because of everything he brings and everything he does. So, a lot of weight on the backs of the Tar Heels this year. But you know what? They can live up to it. Yes, indeed. Well, in just a second, we're going to talk about the entirety of this list. We're going to take it from 25 all the way down to one. We're going to break down uh, what schools have multiple players, what conferences have multiple players, and who are those two players that got ranked above Armando Baycott. I'm really interested in that. And we're going to talk about it, and I'll tell you in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. You can find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals going on, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, so let's look at the totality of this list. As I said, we're going to start at 25. We're going to work our way back to one so we know who those two dudes are that beat out our Mondo Baycott. You can probably guess who they are because the National Player of the Year is returning to college basketball as is uh, somebody else who was considered a preseason National Player of the Year candidate last season. So go ahead and be thinking about that while we get there. As I said, for those of you watching, I'm going to post the list on, uh, on our video here as I work my way through it. 
And so we're not gonna spend a lot of time talking about each of these, but I do want to list them off just so you're aware of some of the biggest names uh, in terms of upperclassmen returning next season. Number 25, Tiger Campbell from UCLA. Uh, Carolina knocked off the Bruins in uh, the Sweet 16. Last year, you might remember Campbell. He is UCLA's point guard, all the crazy hair. He's electric and just a little buddy, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, as we keep moving through this list, it's somebody else that Carolina knocked off. This one was in the second round there in Fort Worth. That is LJ Cryer from Baylor, one of their dynamic and uh, just incredible guards. Number 23 on the list, Arthur Kaluma from Creighton coming back. Number 22, another Baylor guard, Adam Flagler. Really glad he's coming back to school. Number 20 on the list, rounding out the, the bottom five, is Mike Miles from TCU. Big, big, big for them to get him back. Number 19 on the list, uh, this guy has been the source of a lot of interesting NIL talk this offseason, and that is Nigel Pack, who has transferred to Miami, another diminutive guard who the Canes are getting and who is making bank in the NIL sphere. Uh, just after him, number 18, Chris Murray. If you if that sounds familiar, he is the brother of Keegan Murray, who is just about to be drafted, probably top five or six, uh, definitely top 10 next week. Uh, but he also plays for Iowa. Number 17, big get for Kansas coming back, Jalen Wilson. Saw him, obviously, in the national championship game last year. Coming in at number 16, another Miami guard, a returner, though, Isaiah Wong. He's the bigger of the two guards. Pack is six foot, and then Wong is six four. Uh, number 15 on this list, one of just two SEC players is Santiago Vescovi from Tennessee. He's one of their guards. Um, number 14 on the list, just a bulldog of a defender, Jamal Shedd from Houston, 6'1", guard. Coming in at 13, we've already talked about, is R.J. Davis. Um, number 12, one of the Tubelis brothers there at Arizona, Azulis Tubelis, um, is, is a big dude, 6'11". He's returning to the Wildcats, and then, uh, not, to, uh, not that 6'11 is short, but the next guy on this list, number 11, uh, another player Carolina played last year, Zach Eady from Purdue, just a mammoth of a human being, seven foot four. Um, and then we move into the top 10. All right. And we're going to get to number 10, Adama Sonogo from UConn coming back, one of their bigs. Um, uh, and then here we go. The second UCLA player on the list at number nine, Jaime Jaquez uh, from UCLA. Just a great, great facilitator, great scorer, can do a little bit of everything. Uh, with Juzang gone now, you got to think he's going to do a lot for the Bruins. Number eight, yeah, he's coming back for one more run of it. He was a darling of the March Ma of March Madness a couple years ago, Max uh, Asmus from Oral Roberts, another one of those little tiny guards. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun to have him back. Coming back for Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers at number seven is Kendrick Davis. And then we get into all of these big name, big dudes. Number six, Trace Jackson Davis, going to be back in Bloomington, Indiana to play for the Hoosiers. Number five, uh, the second seven footer on this list. Uh, another player that Carolina faced off against last year, Hunter Dickinson from Michigan. 
And then we get into the top four. The highest rated guard on the list of the returners, Marcus Sasser from Houston. This is huge for um, Kelvin Sampson and the Cougars to get Sasser back. We've already said Armando Baycott at number three. And then you've got your top two players. Any guesses before I say it? Go ahead, write it down in the comments. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Number two. Is it Timmy or is it Shibway? It's Timmy. Drew Timmy coming in at number two on this list of returning players. Gonzaga's uh, mustache man, uh, Drew Timmy, coming back for Gonzaga to have hopefully another good year for the Bulldogs. At some point, they got to win a national championship, right? Yeah. And then number one, obviously, the returning national player of the year, Oscar Shibway, is coming back to Kentucky. I know that the Wildcats all across the nation are very thrilled about that. So, as you process this list and, and hear all the names that I'm saying, there are five schools with multiple players on it. Again, as I said in the first segment, Carolina is the only program in the nation with three players. Again, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, and Armando Baycott. But there are four schools that have two players on the list. Baylor with Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer. Houston with Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd, Miami with Colton Wong and then bringing in Nigel Pack, and then finally UCLA with Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell. Uh, man, great duos for all of those schools. For, for UCLA, Campbell running the show as, as a guard and then having Jaquez as a wing and everything he brings. UCLA is bringing in a couple high-level freshmen as well. There, things are going to go well there. Uh, for Miami, for Jim Laraniega, he's got another dynamic backcourt. Um, Chris Likes has finally gone. He was gone last year, actually, because he transferred out. But you have Wong as well. I think I said Colton Wong, Isaiah. <laughs> or Colton Wong earlier. Uh, he's the baseball player. This is Isaiah Wong. And so, uh, sorry for getting that all wrong. As well as Nigel Pack. That's going to be a dynamic backcourt. Same for Houston and Baylor, the other two schools. All these dynamic guards. Great for those guys. And then in terms of the conferences, not only do the Tar Heels have the most players returning, but the ACC has the most players on this list. They make up uh, exactly one-fifth of the list, the, the three Carolina guys and the two Miami guys. Notice that that's no Duke players, that's no Virginia players, nobody else, just Carolina and Miami. Really interesting there. Obviously, Duke is bringing in a haul of incoming freshmen, and uh, so they're going to do what they always do there. Uh, coming in just behind the ACC, the Big Ten and the Big 12 each have four players on the list. Pac-12 and AAC each have three players on the list. Surprisingly, the SEC only has two players, although I think the SEC as a whole is going to be a great conference this year, as well as the Big East has two players, and then the WCC West Coast Conference and Summit League each have one player. That's Drew Timmy at Gonzaga and Summit League Max um, Asmus for Oral Roberts. So once again, uh, keep in mind, a lot of these schools have big name freshmen coming in. Um, but for those schools that I, I, I haven't thought about it fully and looked at it, but I would probably be willing to say that your national championship, your national champion team comes from this list of schools that are on, that are represented by the players on this list. Why do I say that? Well, 
if you ever listen to Gary Parish talk, Parish is one of the uh, college basketball writers for CBS Sports, does a phenomenal job, hosts a college basketball podcast um, that I love and listen to myself. And one of the things he says is that in order to be a national champion caliber team, you need to bring back to school guys that could have gone to the draft but decided to return. You need that level of player, uh, that veteran presence of high-level talent mixed in with bringing in some high-level freshmen um, in order to compete when we get to March and, and hopefully early April. And so that's good news for the Tar Heels. They are bringing back uh, all, all three of these guys that ostensibly could have um, gone to or stayed in the draft. Um, obviously, RJ didn't and doesn't currently have the prospects that Caleb or Armando do. Um, but Carolina is getting back dynamic NBA caliber talent, as well as bringing in a high level recruiting class. And those are the makings of what you need to be nationally competitive all season long. And so that is great news for the Tar Heels. And so any, you know what, let's just say it. One of the schools represented on this list of the top 25 returning players in the nation is going to win the national championship this year. Let's come back and look at it when we get to next April. But that would include Kentucky, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Houston, Michigan, Indiana, Memphis, Oral Roberts, UCLA, UConn, Purdue, Arizona, Houston again, Tennessee, Miami, Kansas. Crazy that Kansas only has one player on this list. Iowa, Miami, TCU, Baylor, or Creighton. Now, obviously, it's some of those schools, I don't think it's going to be them, but I'm going to say it's going to come from one of those schools that will be next year's national champion. You know what? Should be the Tar Heels. Let's make that a reality. Now, here's what's interesting. When I look at this list, it reveals to me a very, very interesting trend about the shape of basketball in our country, and particularly the, the NBA and what they value or what they don't value. What is that? I'm going to tell you about it in just a second after I talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's nearly impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. Why go through all those questions you know you don't know the answer to about trying to figure out what part uh, that, that you can find at the store when all you have to do is sit at your computer and look it up and figure it out for yourself? on rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. That consistency, friends, is something you can believe in. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and their inventory has everything you need. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. While you're there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we and that I sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices, all the parts your vehicle will ever need. That's rockauto.com. I've also got an important favor to ask you. We at Locked On have put together a listener and viewer survey so that we can learn more about you and make your favorite Locked On podcast like Locked On Tar Heels even better. So this is your opportunity to tell us what you love about our shows and what you don't like about them. So go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It's not going to take you very long, and everyone that completes the survey is going to qualify for one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So to take this uh, audience survey, you can go to lockedonpodcast.com survey right now. Thanks so much for all your help. 
Okay, so we have this list of the top 25 returning players in college basketball put together by Field of 68. <clears throat> also, quick primer, on Monday's show, Jeff Goodman, who is one of the founders of Field of 68, is going to be on Locked on Tar Heels. I'm going to be doing an interview with him. We're going to talk about the Tar Heels and the state of college basketball in our country, as well as his top 10 teams heading into next season. And so uh, if you've got anything to quibble about with this list, quibble at Jeff. He loves to have all those conversations. Well, when, when I look at this list, here is what it tells me about the state of basketball in our country and the state specifically of what's valued in college basketball and, and uh, valued and part of what makes the best teams in the nation and what is valued or not at the NBA level. Excuse me. And here it is in a nutshell. Traditional centers are not valued. We rewind 20 years ago 30, 40 years ago to somebody like Shaq coming out of LSU. That dude is a no-brain number one overall draft pick in the NBA. But you look at it now, 2021, last season, Luka Garza, National Player of the Year coming out of Iowa. Stud, can do everything, not a great defender, and can't shoot. Consequently, he goes 52 overall. The year before that, 2020, Vernon Carey coming out of Duke. I know, he's a dookie, but he is a phenomenal basketball player but he's a traditional center. Can't really step out and shoot. At the college level, he was dominating and killing folks. Should be an, uh, a high-level lottery pick, right? At, at least. Goes in the second round last year, or two years ago, excuse me. 32nd overall. Look at the composition of this year's list of returning players. Number one. Oscar Shibway, big man, six foot nine, doesn't step out and shoot. Drew Timmy, Gonzaga, big man, six ten, <laughs> went to the combine, stepped out and shoot, but he doesn't do it at Gonzaga. Armando Baycott, traditional big man, six foot ten, doesn't step out and shoot. Then we get to Marcus Sasser, he's fourth on the list, guard, whatever, that's great. Fifth on the list, Hunter Dickinson, big man, Michigan, seven foot one, doesn't step out and shoot. Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, sixth on the list, big man. Then we go guard, guard, Jaime Hawkes, wing. Shoots and then 10th on the list of Field of 68's top 25 returning players is Yukon's Adama Sonogo. Big man, doesn't shoot. The NBA doesn't want this player right now. They get played off the court because you have to be able to shoot, you have to step out and guard all the pick and roll action, and a lot of these traditional centers just frankly can't do that. Now, Armando has showed a, a higher level capability to do it last year. He's been working hard on his long range shot and uh, I expect to see a, a progression of that this year, especially with somebody like Hubert Davis as your head coach. You're going to get more opportunities to shoot and show your ability in that way. But these guys aren't staying in the draft. Part of that's because they're either not going to get drafted or going to be a low NBA draft pick with no guaranteed contract. But here's part of why they're on this list and returning to school. In recent years, you know, the five to 10 most recent years, we would have seen them probably a lot of them, like I would imagine at least Shibway, Timmy and Baycott, maybe even Dickinson stay in, in the draft, realizing they're going to be lowly drafted or not drafted. And then they can go to the G league, make some money or go play overseas and make some money. But you know what? There's something new that's happening. NIL. 
what does NIL do for you? It allows you, as Oscar Shibway, to go back to Kentucky, make a couple million bucks. I'm not just spitballing, you know, random number off my head there. That's what I have heard is that he's going to probably make something in the realm of $2 million in NIL money next year. Now, some of that's weird with, with Shibway specifically because of being a foreign player and there's some weird legal stuff with that. So let's stick with Timmy and Baycott. You as a Tar Heel fan, you've seen everything Baycott has been lining up this offseason. The dude is making bank. I guarantee you that. So why would I go off and play in the G League or overseas when I can come back to Carolina or Gonzaga or Kentucky or for Dickinson, Michigan, four of the biggest brands in all of college basketball, play under the lights on a national stage literally every time we take the floor? I can watch North Carolina basketball if I'm not at the arena literally every game they play. Same is true with Kentucky or Gonzaga or whomever. They're going to be on television in some fashion or shape or form every time they play playing in front of tens of thousands of people with an audience on TV of infinitely more than that, raising their brand and awareness around the country. Whereas if you're playing in the G league, ain't nobody know you. So why not come back to school for one more go round? See if you can increase your draft stock all the while making a crap ton of money in the NIL space. It just makes sense when you look at what the NBA doesn't value, but what college basketball does, let me go to where they want me and make all the money. Now, here's the other thing I see about the makeup of this list, and I think this is just kind of fun, and so I want to point it out. Remember, there are 25 players on the list. Five of them, a full one-fifth of this list, are diminutive guards, meaning six foot flat or less. RJ Davis, six foot tall. Kendrick Davis, six foot tall. That's a uh, guard from Memphis. Max Asmus from Oral Roberts. You might remember that he's just a little buddy too, six feet tall. Nigel Pack coming into Miami. He's six feet tall. And then Tiger Campbell from UCLA is just 5'11". Now, those those heights are all taken off of their uh, school's official rosters and, and measurements. So sometimes you can take those with a grain of salt, but that's the official release from the school. So we're going with it. I love that there's all these little buddies, uh, these quick guards that are on this list of the top five of the top 25 returning players to college basketball. That just makes things fun. Super fun to see these guys running their teams, making a big impact on the national level for college basketball. Obviously, um, Asmus isn't um, at, at Oral Roberts isn't going to get the kind of shine as the other four at Memphis, UNC, Miami, or UCLA. But because of what Oral Roberts did a couple years ago, he's going. He is a nationally known name, and so it's cool that all five of these dudes are um, known to the a general college basketball audience. That's super fun, and I love it. So, um, again, you see all these big men dominating the top of this list. It's awesome for college basketball. I love what NIL is doing for that, but it's just so interesting what the NBA doesn't value. So, you know what? I think college basketball is the greatest thing going, and so I love it. Bring them all back. Come on back to college basketball, and let's have a fantastic 2022-23 season with the Tar Heels rising to the cream of that crop. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. That's it for this week on Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up next week, as I already said, Jeff Goodman is joining me um, on Monday's show. On Tuesday's show, I'm going to have a crossover episode with Gonzaga's 
um, Andy Patton, who hosts uh, Locked On Gonzaga podcast, and that's fun to be able to talk about Timmy and Baycott and everything those big men bring nationally. And then on Wednesday, Coach Pat Kilby and I will be previewing Pete Nance, whom is visiting Carolina uh, this weekend as a possible transfer from Northwestern. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. If you would, hit that like button. Leave a great comment. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this list, who you think got left off of it, who should be on it. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft started yesterday, Thursday, June 16th, one week out from the NBA Draft. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board crew plus experts from the Odyssey app as well. The first pick was yesterday, and so you want to get tuned in right now. So search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow so you don't miss any more picks. Thanks so much for spending part of your week talking Carolina sports with me. I hope that you all have a great weekend. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next week, peace.